Welcome, girls, guys, gays, and theys, to Let's Get Into It, the show where no topic is off the table, and you'll never know what will come out of our mouths. Tune in for this hot take. But he was just like, yeah, they're never going to be able to comprehend what you have achieved, and you're just going to have nothing in common with them anymore. And listen in to hear this little pearl of wisdom. And I was like, oh, really? I didn't even think that he would be on Grindr, because I didn't think that you... Pardon my ignorance, I didn't think that you looked gay. So, first of all, how are you? I'm good. Living the dream good. in Montana, good. in isolation. How are you? You've just been struck by Miss Rona. Miss Rona, she came knocking. She came <laughs> knocking. Ago. I know. You've uh, evaded her for yeah. like three years. Two years. Yeah. But my time has come. I think it's time to pay my dues. You know, experience <laughs> what the world has been going through. It's I know. time for me to, you know, connect with the people. <laughs> See what they're going <laughs> through. The people's princess. Of course. Yes. Oh, I... I've been saving this for the podcast. I had a. Re- I'm really glad we didn't um, call when we were supposed to originally on like Monday because I had the worst sleep. Like the dogs woke us up at like 2 a.m. and then like 4 a.m. because they slept in the room because they were crying if we didn't let them in the room. And then they're like crying because they couldn't get out to go for a pee or whatever. And then I had the craziest dream about you. <laughs> it involved you. <laughs> Ooh, this is juicy. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, pretty hectic dream we were like going on a university field trip from bristol you and me and you were just you were really tired and you were just not having a bar of me at all (laughs) like you a bar of you (laughs) not a single what does that mean (laughs) not one single bar not a little kit cat nothing um Because I was just being annoying, you know, and being all like, and you were just like, stop. No different from usual. And then you just turned around and you were like, just leave me alone. <laughs> so then I stormed off and I was like, okay, I'm going to go over here. And then you came and ran after me and hugged me and you were like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then we and just you walked around me Bristol. Yeah, just oh, immediately. Cool. Up. And then we walked around Bristol and I was like, I'm going to go shopping. And then you were like, cool, I'm going to go sightseeing. And then we took like three hours. We split up. We took like three hours. And I got back to the airport, which was like this tiny little train station in my mind. And they were like pulling the barrier down on the ticket booth. And they were like, oh, sorry, the plane left three hours ago. It's like, they've all left. They've all left. Like the university lecturers, I was worried that you'd left me. And then... I started crying and then the staff who were like all these old people were like come and have lunch with us and I went back to their little like cabin that they had behind the ticket office and they just had like ham and egg sandwiches and they were all just like oh it's nice to see you yeah that was um a weird dream that I woke up from you must have been on my mind yeah okay so on this on the note of dreams um i wonder i yeah since being in montana every single night i've had wild dreams and i want to start writing them down because they've been wild in every direction like for a long time because i was missing new zealand a lot of them were taking place in new zealand and like a lot of like people were the main characters but last night particularly and maybe covid has something to do with it but like i'm remembering them more vividly 
Last night I had a dream that I was best friends with Kim Kardashian. Best friends. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she and I um, were on this spaceship. And like one of those big spaceships that you see in sci-fi movies. And right. her and I were just talking about like the troubles of being a mother and how difficult <laughs> it was to take care of so many little ones. And um, I was just really kind of on the same, I was really understanding where she was coming from with all these issues were about you a motherhood. Mother in this scenario? No, I wasn't. I was just a friend taking care oh, of, yeah. like helping her take care of her kids. It's like a concerned friend would. And she, we were talking a lot about how the media portrays her as this completely different person, as this monster. Um, and I was, I was thinking, wow, yeah, my perception of her is completely different to what I initially thought because she seemed well, really cool friends, and uh, obviously. And yeah, we were pals. And then it, it transformed to my friend Callum who you met when you were in Queenstown. Um, he, oh, was, yeah. Oh, yeah. he was the guy from Surf. Um, but he and I decided to go shark swimming. And we wow. went, we jumped in and I was like swimming around and I got out of the water and I couldn't find him. So I mm. ran up to Kim and I was like, Kim, have you seen Callum? Like, I don't know where he is. Is he okay? Have, have, you, have you talked to him? Do you know where he went? Did he get out of the water? Couldn't find him for a day and a half. Um, oh, and God. then... Turns out, I don't know how I found out, but he had been eaten by the sharks. <laughs> oh, no. So I messaged him today, and I was like, Callum, I, I had a dream about you where you were eaten by sharks. And he goes, because he's getting his dive masters in Thailand right now. Oh, yeah. And oh, uh, he's like, oh, well, actually, that's crazy. I mean, I haven't been attacked by sharks, but I I can't even go in the water because my wisdom tooth is infected. And I was like, maybe I have a sixth sense to know when my friends are sick. <laughs> I don't know. You knew he was in danger. Know. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I was just thinking about you as well because I had baked beans on toast for lunch. And yeah. it reminded me of your, like, feral snack that you used to have when we first, like, lived together. Okay, which... not feral, but we'll it's... let the listeners <laughs> weigh in Listeners, on that. comment below if you think that this is disgusting. Okay, you take it away. <laughs> okay, so... The base is a croissant, <laughs> just, just a regular croissant with hummus, and then cold baked beans on top. I it wasn't even good. that, though. It was the sour cream and chive rice crackers. And okay, the well, and the that was when I didn't have croissants around, but I would have either. I think they're both pretty good. It's just that this is a taste, you know, like sweet and savory, but like, fine, it's not for everyone. Not everyone has a mature palate. <laughs> okay this is a safe space for you and your crazy food <laughs> although i was talking about that recently as well actually um because i was having a chat about what the weirdest high snack or just like general yeah. snack is and i was oh i did think about you the other day because i was telling them about those um remember the cheese curls that we would oh, get from Aldi, no, the, and we were like, cheezels. oh, wow, these are delicious. Cheezels. Cheezels, cheezels. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, wow, these are great, and we would just, like, munch on a whole bag, and then one day they we got horrible. them, and we had them smoking, and we got, like, chemical burns on our tongue. We were like, what? Yeah, I can't believe... And those ice cream bars, those polar bars? Oh, my God. We'd have, like, four or five of those. The, I think the worst time was when we... Because we lived dangerously close to that. It was an Aldi, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like basically like five minutes walk away. So mm. very much whenever we'd get stoned, we'd go and get snacks from there. But the worst time was when we were just looking at McDonald's and we were like, 
we were like, we're we should go, it. we should go. And it like seemed like such a tempting idea. And then I just felt so sick after having like, yeah. what did I have? I had like Because you got a fries, big meal. Massive meal, yeah. Well, like a burger, you know, I'm a growing boy. Drink. but then also we that time that we were just like oh we can't go back to mcdonald's like that was such a horrible experience so then we uber cheated lord of the fries Fries. our body is a temple hey at least it was vegan vegan. at least it was saving the world um speaking of those days should we uh get into the topic for this week dive into the meaty stuff yeah (laughs) which is um what are we going to call it like the life of a backpacker our lives as backpackers, yeah. reflecting on the golden yeah. days. Oh, I don't want to think that the golden days are behind us, though. No, true. Not all those who wander are lost. Haven't had that one oh, before. Oh, God. I was going to say backpacker basics, but <laughs> that's also fucking basic. We're a lot of things, but we're not basic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, what would you say your first impression of me was? <laughs> Almost three of years you. ago, pretty much three years ago, in the hostel in Melbourne. True, because I flew to Australia on the first of February. So today, twenty nineteen. Well, tomorrow for me, but yes. Ah, well, yeah. Nice. And then I was in the, um, I was in base in St. Kilda, Melbourne, just to give context, um, for like four (laughs) days, then in an Airbnb for one or two nights, and then the nunnery. You jumped around. Probably in like a week from now. Yeah. Rough start as always. But, um, okay, my first impression of you was uh, from Max and (laughs) Jesse. Who they have said that, yeah, Max didn't like you. He said that you were a bitch and <laughs> that he found you on Grinder. And I was like, oh, really? I didn't even think that he would be on Grinder because I didn't think that you, pardon my ignorance, I didn't think that you looked gay. Yeah. Because she, um, she wanted a then... slice of this hunk of spunk, is what she wanted. <laughs> Don't hide your um, disappointment. We can all see it in your eyes. Oh, yeah. For all those <laughs> listeners out there, my eyes are watering. <laughs> Who knew I'd be stuck with him for longer than I intended anyway? <laughs> um, and then I don't even know when we started actually talking, but I know the first day that we hung out, I think we can both agree on this, is when we went to Picnic Electronic. I know we must have spoken before that, but I don't remember if it was we, like we a had. big conversation. Yeah or anything no. like that but i just remember that it was like the morning of picnic electronic and i think people were just like what is everyone up to for today and you were just like i'm going to this event and i was like and you, and you were just like oh do you want to come and I just looked at you and i was yeah. like yes i do oh my gosh that was an iconic day in history for it us it really was now let's take a break Um, my first impression of you was when I first moved into the hostel, I remember being very, very introverted and very antisocial because I I mean, you know what I'm like, I was like, ew, backpackers, I don't want to be friends with these people. So I like didn't really make any, (laughs) didn't make any effort with anyone. That's probably why 
I was called a bitch. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that's the one. Um, but I do remember us having a conversation because we shared a room. That's, I think, we shared a bunk we, bed. We shared a bunk bed, but I think that was after we knew each other. Maybe. Yeah. Because I remember sharing a bed with that English bed girl, um, Alex, for ages. Mm, okay. Yeah. And after she yeah. left, she must have gone into her bunk. Um, but yeah, I remember the first conversation I remember us having was you were sitting on the couches with Jesse and you were talking about work. And then I was like, I remember just sitting up and because you're talking about shit jobs or something. And I remember just sitting up and being like, <gasps> yeah, you should you should make sure you enjoy your job. And then I just remember you turning and being like, well, don't you hate your job? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, oh, right, because you're okay. a fundraiser. Yeah, I do remember that. OK, yeah, because I don't. So we must have talked before that because you must have told me about like about how you job. hated being a fundraiser. Yeah. You really hated that. <laughs> I think most people really hate doing that. What a crazy job. Um, yeah, so I was a on-street fundraiser for... How long did I even do it for? It was not long, like two weeks, maybe? I think you did it for four weeks. Oh, yeah, four oh, weeks. Maybe. I remember quitting my job at Mardi Gras in Sydney, so it must have been like, yeah, because I think that's mid-September, mid-March, mid-September. Mm. Um, so it must have been four weeks, and yeah, that what was... What did you do after that? I started at Johnny's. The rooftop uh, bar. Yeah. What did you say? Biggest things. <laughs> like, what do you think the biggest changes that you've had since those days are? Like, um, in terms of personal growth, you know? Personal growth. Your interests, your personality, <laughs> your fashion. Wow, that really came from nowhere. Uh, the freedom to express with your interests, personality, fashion, and career choices. Ah, good question. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good question. Um, <laughs> I feel like we, that was a very unnatural way to lead into <laughs> um so yeah i feel like you've changed i feel like everyone changes in that experience you know i had a i actually had a really <laughs> ominous phone call with my dad like two or three days ago and he just called me and i was like talking about going home and like how excited i was to see all my friends like in shrewsbury and stuff and he was just like they're just they're just not going to understand you you've just changed so much he was like you've seen so many things in the world and you know a lot of them have just stayed at home or what which is you know whatever they can do whatever makes them happy um but he was just like yeah they're never going to be able to comprehend what you have achieved and you're just going to have nothing in common with them anymore and i was just like i don't think so i don't think that's going to happen because also because he said that happened with him but also what's changed since then is social media and being able to be in touch with my friends a lot. So I feel like yeah, I have changed a fair amount, just like anyone does. Like all, all of my friends who stay back in the UK have changed as well. Like it's a really long time period of three years. If you hadn't changed in that time period, it would be more concerning. Concerning. You'd be like, ooh, you're stunted. True, yeah. true. But like, I don't know, as someone who's watching you grow, 
Like mm. you are a very different person to when we first met. And I remember yeah. talking to Cross about when she first met you. And then when I first met you and like, those were different people. And then mm. from the person that she was meeting after however long since it had been, since you saw her. And then I had kind of been there for like the development of it. And yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it'll like be impossible to connect, but I don't know. I mean, you tell me, I don't, I don't think that I've changed as much as you have. And mm. it was, it was different, very different for me to connect with the people that I mm. went to uni with. And yeah. I, I don't know if that has to do with like, maybe the, the people that I know and myself have changed in very different directions, mm. but like, I have no idea. I think change Change is a good thing overall, but the Definitely. way that you interact with people that are changing at different paces and in different ways and in different places, sometimes it is hard to match pace with them or for them to match for pace sure. with you. For sure. And that's why, like, I, in terms of traveling, like, I am really grateful for our friendship and our connection because I feel like it is really rare to come across someone randomly when you're traveling and I do feel like we have been very similar in our paths as well like I feel like mm. you got to a more serious job a lot quicker than I did but that's because you already had experience um before me but it is nice to be surrounded by people who are similar to you and share similar interests and things but I don't know I have yeah, I've kept in touch with most of the people who I thought I would keep in touch with during my time mm -hmm. at uni. Um, and they all know that I've changed a lot. I think, like, probably the biggest thing that's changed in me, to be honest, and being in, like, such a supportive environment is being able to be more accepting of, you know, the gay side of my personality and be more um, open about my experiences, like, as a gay person. Because, like, when I was at uni in Exeter, it was very like, I don't know, everyone was just very straight. Heteronormative. Sort of, that was heteronormative, like that there, there wasn't really much of a like gay community there. Like if I'd gone to uni in Bristol or Manchester or London or whatever, it would have been a very different experience. It's just because yeah. that's specifically where I went to university. But everyone who I've known since then has seen, you know, all the articles I've been posting follow me on instagram or whatever and they're still like oh you're you're doing so amazingly like i'm so proud of you um you're looking great and like all this stuff and just being like i'm really proud of the achievements that you've you're achieving and just it's really great to see you expressing who you are and sort of live as your truest self as like generic as that sounds it really is how it feels and i think it took this is kind of it's kind of difficult because all of my friends at university were great and they were supportive and they're amazing but i think it took leaving and like you know having a whole fresh start to like really fully be like okay i can 100 percent be myself now because mm. i was also yeah. really young when i left as well i think like i was only 21 and you your personality still changes i mean your personality changes throughout your life like older members yeah, of my yeah. family are still like trying to figure out parts of who they are or whatever like you never really stop changing um mm -hmm. yeah yeah it, it's i feel like we're always on some sort of journey and it is kind of beautiful to see people on 
that journey for sure no matter who they are and where they are in life and yeah i yeah once again i don't know how that tied into what you were saying but for some no reason, it, it does because <laughs> i think i think what you're saying is right like if you are able to see someone else's growth and be like yeah that's amazing that they're changing and you know you're changing at the same trajectory or you change and your friends are still supportive of you no matter what that's great it's just like this has, hasn't happened to me personally but i know like some people would have changed and their friends wouldn't be supportive of that change or they'll just be like oh you're changing and just yeah, saying it in like yeah. a really negative context um but We're like i said like i i really have experienced that which is really nice um i think but i think yeah my my friends from uni are like it's not that they're not supportive i think it's just hard to understand and i i think that's something that like as maybe it's american maybe or i don't know if that's too generalizing of things but maybe it's just like the path that i personally took that was so completely different to anyone that I'd ever met um, is like this big eye-opening experience that this is a way that you even can live because yeah, like when I left the U.S. I didn't know a single person who had long-term traveled or had ever moved out of the U.S. Oh true yeah 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 you've told and me that like, before it's crazy. I think it was a really scary thing to even come up with that idea and everyone thought that I was nuts and because mm. also going to a really career-oriented university is it's hard to bring um, okay you go to university you go you make a ton of money eventually you retire and then when you retire you can go live the life that you want to live and it's like well Jesus. why do you have to wait until you retire to live the life that you want to live and you can do it now yeah and I think everyone yeah. has this like fear mentality of like, if you don't have enough money, then you can't support yourself. And it's like, well, you only need enough money to support the lifestyle that you want to live. Exactly. Not everyone needs to be millionaires. Now let's take a break. Well, I think your journey has been about like self um like self-discovery and a different part of your like sexuality and personality and how that kind of molds together i feel like my journey has been accepting of the fact that it's okay to do something different and that different isn't necessarily bad and it's not wrong it's just not what everyone else is doing and i don't know i feel like i'm still trying to figure out how to balance that that yeah. level of accepting because <laughs> it is hectic yeah. you're, all, you're constantly told that it's wrong constantly yeah. told that like yeah. if you're not saving for retirement you're late which is like i think that that must yeah. be a u.s specific thing man that would not happen in the uk like most of my friends not most a lot of my friends have done big stints abroad like if not doing like mm. a year abroad then doing like a gap year or you know going to living europe for like three or four months so like it does it does change things a lot because even if you are say going away with university and you're going away to because you could go to australia and you could go to south africa and you go to all these different places even though it's not quite the same as going like to be a backpacker you're still Mm -hmm. you still know what it's like to go away and you do change because 
you're you're surrounded by completely new people and I honestly think it's for me I think it's encouraging for you to be the truest form of yourself I know that sounds really wanky and I know people are always like yeah I went on a gap year to find myself but like I do think it's really true because it's a lot harder to change with people who you've known for like like some of my friends back home I've known Mm. all my life for like 24 years and you can you just can't change or like you can't change your personality or what you're interested in or yeah whatever um as quickly as you can being a backpacker because you also have flexibility as well Um, yeah because you can reinvent yourself and I think when you start when you move somewhere and you start over with nothing you have to build up what you want and focus on what you want and then it's like you have to for you're confronted with the question of like well what do you want do you yeah. want to do this activity, this hobby that you were doing before? If then don't do it. And only thing you do. That's not what you're known for. And yeah. I think, yeah, starting over is exactly that. You have to start over and kind of build yourself back up from exactly. whatever you might be starting off as. And you think that yeah. your personality is exactly what it is, but then actually you really are moldable around the people that you choose to surround yourself with oh, or the people sure. that you're forced to be surrounded with. Yeah. And so like it, I think you, I think that's why maybe like having you around has been really helpful because like, even though like when we were living in, when we both moved back to Melbourne um, mm. and then when we both moved to, well, you moved to Wellington first and then I went to Wellington. And then when we, we did the same thing for so long. So we were literally along the same journey and like mm-hmm. knowing the same people and kind of doing the same things and knowing that worked and then doing our own things and kind of seeing how doing our own things, we kind of put our own spin on. Yeah. We stuff, everything are completely different. But I do think at one point, like when, I, when we were in Wellington, it was like, codependent to the point where it was like a little bit hard to break out of that bubble (laughs) yeah for sure for sure i also think that that had a lot to do with covid though i yeah i don't know i just feel like in 2020 it was so hard to make friends i don't know it was because you 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 did quite well by moving to the hostel but then i don't know i just for some reason really struggled to I, i met quite a lot of new people and since then I have spitballed from the people that I met in 2020 and made like a really solid, you know, group of friends here. But like, I did struggle for quite a while to find like my feet. And I Mm. think like having you there, it did help, but it also, you know, obviously didn't help because it was like, you know, I knew that I always had you to hang out with or whatever. So I never really pushed myself to maybe go out and try new things and like, you know, join a sports team and make new friends from that or whatever um because i was like oh i can just hang out with someone who i've known for like three years well when we first moved to wellington i after lockdown finished and everything i was just like it just feels like everything's really clicky like when we were first Mm -hmm. getting there i was like it feels like it's really really difficult to make friends but somehow yeah like i said just sort of spitballed from meeting people which i guess is normally how you make friends anyway yeah, I mean, I think just generally, unless if, because I always use hostels as like my way in to like get to know people. Um, yeah. But if you don't have that um, for one reason or the other, then 
it just takes more time because you're not forced to be around like a whole group of people. And I think like in this society where it's immediate gratification and it's like, I'm not happy right now, then yeah, yeah, you kind yeah. of the fact that you have to take time to like get to know people and build relationships and pick out the people that you actually want to be friends with. And the fact that that does take time, it can be really discouraging. And I think that's a, a big reason why people don't want to start over because like you will yeah. have to, kind of jump off that cliff which is it's unstable had some yeah had some rough times (laughs) can delve into those (laughs) if we want talking about lack of stability what do you think your one of your lowlights has been was of your whole time away like in australia new zealand because i know mine like i can pinpoint mine was it I think I can pinpoint yours as well, but (laughs) Um, well, you can probably pinpoint mine as well. But like when I first moved to Queenstown, I was a wreck. Yeah, I was an absolute wreck. And I, I mean, it had to do with the fact that I felt really unstable and felt like that I had no community, no support system, no that no like real connection. I mean, like, I don't know. It sounds dumb because like, I obviously you were there, but yeah, it felt like that was cheating because I was like, yeah. well, why can't I expand outside of this? Like what's wrong with me? And it felt like, I don't know. I felt like that for a long time. And I think I, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely told you about this, but like in Wellington, I always kind of felt like even though I'd made friends, it wasn't, mm. it, something always felt kind of off. And then yeah, when yeah. I was like, living at Wilderland and then which was a whole different experience and then like living in the van I don't know I just like I had this deep sense of like not fitting in and I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily know where that came from or why and then when I moved to Queenstown it just felt like I had put all this pressure on I need to fit into this place at this one time and the fact that I'm not Mm. meeting my people immediately it means like that's it I'm never going to find my people. I'm never going to, yeah. it just felt very black and white. And then I, yeah. like I moved into the right hostel and I clicked with those people immediately and I love them so much and I still do. Yeah. But that was patience. definitely the worst I've ever felt probably my entire yeah. life. Like that was, <laughs> that was horrible. of just like yeah. questioning everything, doubting everything and yeah, yeah. being like, what's wrong with me. Yeah. Well, cause also like when else in your um, life are you, I mean, then, yeah. But on the flip side, yeah. On the flip side, I'm gonna. Yours was like similar-ish feelings, but different place <laughs> and different. Time. I had a couple. <laughs> I can pinpoint two really low points of my time away, and it's all to do with jobs. It's all like job stability. Like the first one would be that month in Melbourne. I don't know if you were back yeah. yet, but you would have heard No, 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 I was there. No, because yeah. you, it was the week, it was that one week where everything just went to shit <laughs> for like three jobs, right? It was yeah. Like... I, um, so I don't know. I feel like a lot of people maybe do realize this, but maybe don't. Like when, this is how I felt anyway. Like when you're on a working holiday visa and you don't have office experience, you are very limited in what you can do i feel like until 
I was able to get into, you know, the office job industry, thanks to you. I was, yeah, I worked in hospital for like 18 months and felt very trapped. Um, and I don't know whether this is an issue related to that or whether it's just like the hospital industry as a whole is kind of unstable and doesn't treat its staff fairly, which I feel like is quite widely I mean, accepted. And I think it's no. as a whole. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is horrible. So, it is. It really is. Um, you know, like underpaying staff for like actually really physically difficult work, like standing on your feet for like eight or nine hours, and then have everyone tell you that's like an unskilled job. It's like pretty cooked in the first place. Um, oh, you can only work in the same place in Australia for six months, for six right? Months. Yeah. So you, so Johnny's, yeah. your six months was up, and then didn't yeah. you start working at that place that you could like bike up to? Park, Park, Park Street, Park, Park Street, yeah, Park, Park Street Cafe, yeah. Um, and I was working there for a week. It was like right next to my house. It was really chilled, right? Um, really chilled hours. It was paid in cash. Probably will take that out. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was paid pretty well. Oh, <laughs> Pay pretty well for hospo and it was a nice place and the hours were good like i think i did like nine o'clock till like 9 a.m till 2 or 3 p.m which for a hospo job is pretty sick that's like yeah, basically an office job yeah um and then yeah my the guy i was seeing at the time came in and requested food and then it came out really badly it was like really watery scrambled eggs or whatever so i was like okay, I will give that to you for free. And also, like, I kind of just wanted to give them free fruit anyway, because it's like, that's fine. Like, most places that would be fine. <laughs> but, like, the management was pretty chaotic. They'd only just got the place, like, a month or so earlier, and they didn't really know what they were doing. And I didn't even get a warning. They literally just fired me. <laughs> they were just like, I can't trust you. Um, you should have cleared it or whatever basically they just didn't trust me at all so then i was like well that was the first job i ever got fired from so i was like oh this is not a nice feeling it's just i felt really it was annoying because i felt really really guilty i was like whoa i shouldn't have done that um i've like betrayed this person's trust but like looking back that's such bad bad management i was really good at the job I was, I knew I was, um, and yeah, it was just like an ideal job and to give me not even a second chance, just be like, yep, you're fired is really unprofessional. Um, and just shows that they didn't care about a worker because it was literally like $16 worth of food. It was nothing. I fully could have just paid for it anyway. So I left that job and then I couldn't find a new job for ages moved to that other cafe on yeah it was a cafe on brunswick street and i worked there for a week again great hours i was also feeling pretty shit by this point because i was like okay that's the first time i've been fired i was staying at quite an expensive place my rent was like 250 bucks a week so i was already like oh yeah. this is getting a bit low on cash and then i got a job at that next cafe and my hours suddenly disappeared off the 
<laughs> of the timesheet. I was like looking at the timesheet and I was like, oh, I called my manager and I was like, oh, sorry. Um, my hours aren't on there. Like, am I just not working next week? And then she just starts crying on the phone and I was like, for God's sake. Like, it was really horrible. Like, such a like stomach dropping feeling because I'd like obviously only just been fired and I was like, fuck's sake. Like, what's happening now? Um, and then she was like, really emotional she was like i've never had to do this before or say this before but um we found out we overhired um we overhired staff and we just have to drop you i'm so sorry and she, yeah it was just again just such a shit feeling because like again like why mm -hmm. would you hire someone in the first place and then that's just so inconsiderate like of your employee she just expected me to fully look at the hours not question anything like why she didn't even tell me that i wasn't didn't have the job there anymore <laughs> just like so yeah. inconsiderate and then for like what a two or three week period after that i had absolutely no money and i was just like i just remember wandering around the inner north just being like what the fuck am I doing? Like, why am I here? I'm not having fun. I've got no money. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Luckily, I was with Logan at the time, and he paid for a lot of shit for me, which I'm very, very grateful for. Like, paid for food and mm -hmm. stuff. Because, like, for a week or two, I just remember eating, like, half a meal a day <laughs> and just, like, smoking instead of eating, which is, like... I mean, that's someone who's actually mentally ill, <laughs> like, let's be honest, <laughs> like, not in a good space at all, like. Yeah, because I remember I went to your house, and I was just like, I, I probably hadn't seen you in, like, maybe a week, but not even that yeah. long, but, like, a week, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> you skinny, <laughs> um, and I remember being like, I'll give you money for food, uh, <laughs> but you need to eat, and you're like, no, I just yeah. can't afford it, I'm like, you need to eat. <laughs> How scary is that? That I like it's so yeah. it's so weird to me now because I have been in a good paying job for like a year and a half. And if you if you had told me like at that point that I would be in New Zealand on a working holiday visa getting like the salary that I'm getting now, I don't think I would have believed it. I really don't. <laughs> It's, I honestly thought when That's I was in that place, I was like, I'm trapped in Hosway forever. So you very, yeah. very helpfully, when I was having another horrible time, <laughs> um, <laughs> got me a job at the electrical commission, which was amazing. But that was, again, a very similar circumstance where I went through, what, two or three jobs in the space of a month through no fault of my own, honestly. <laughs> Like, the Greek restaurant that I worked at, they again just said that they didn't have enough hours for me. So they dropped me. And then, oh, God, okay. And then I worked at the Grand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, that was... <laughs> okay, that was the worst job I've ever done, I think. Uh, probably the worst <laughs> job I've ever done. I was like, I think it working, like worst job. working in a nightclub, minimum wage till 4 or 5 a.m. <laughs> I was finishing at 4.30 a.m. And then just listening to drum and bass all night, serving like drunk 18-year-olds. This is a good question. You know how we were always saying in lockdown, 
when we were living as backpackers, um, we were like, oh, do you think that when we go home, people are going to be like, wow, you're in New Zealand, like when you're meeting new people, people are going to be like, wow, you're in New Zealand for lockdown, like you were so lucky. Remember we kept saying that? Yeah, yeah. Is it true? Yeah, it's very true. People are like, oh, really? oh, wow, what was it like there? Oh, I heard it like, because New Zealand made the news a lot about how well yeah. the country dealt with COVID. And so people up, have yeah. heard about it. And when I was saying like, oh, yeah, I was in New Zealand, they're like, wow, so it was really strict. And then then what? And I was like, oh, yeah, it was strict. But then it was done. Like, that's yeah. it. And they're like, wait, so like, what do you mean? And I was like, oh, well, we actually had, we had a seven weeks really strict lockdown. Um, which I said that yeah. you and I just like had a pretty chill time <laughs> um, and just like kind of made the most of it in like every positive way. And then after that, there was what, like nine months of, of nothing. Yeah. Like yeah. it was like bouts of level two or three in yeah, yeah. Auckland and stuff, but that was it. And then that was it um, up until what, like July or August when oh, there was yeah, yeah. like a three week lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then but then our experiences were really different because like I was in Queenstown and you were in Wellington and like. Yes, I was working. Yeah. <laughs> our experiences were just very, very different. Yeah, <laughs> you were. Yeah, I was working through the whole thing. I started a new job not. in that lockdown. <laughs> I started a whole new job in yeah. that second lockdown in August, yeah. which was pretty wild. Um, yeah. What would you say? But, uh, yeah, I would say like overall people are just in awe. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> um, oh, I was going to say pretty cool thing about being a backpacker is like experiencing different cultures and meeting new people who you otherwise wouldn't have experienced. And I <gasps> thought of Australia, oh, cute New Zealand list. <laughs> Oh, yes. Wait, okay. Speaking of lists and that exact topic, um, I, Kian asked me to send him a note, um, one of the notes that I had written like a while ago, but I stumbled upon this one that you and I had come up with. Do you want yeah. me to read it? Sure. <laughs> Some of them are just like random thoughts, and then there's one that's like, cohesive okay so this is titled lockdown joint in wellington traveling is like peeking into how another entire world works the longer you're living slash traveling uh, in another country the more of the entire picture of another culture oh no these words don't make any sense realizing that now the more of the entire picture of another culture box you unlock it's like each country is a room in a dollhouse and when you travel you can just see what's going on in some of the different rooms. Another way of thinking about it is just dropping in to experience another culture for a minute and leaving and doing that somewhere else. It's about us absorbing for a hot second. I'm not sure if I'm even articulating my multiple points or if this makes any sense. I got this idea from listening to two Kiwi guys, Harry and Jacob, speaking to each yeah. other with a ton of slang. You would never hear that kind of conversation if I wasn't here. You can never understand something unless you experience it. Description doesn't cut it interesting okay well i remember Pretty what i was true, trying though. to say yeah yeah i mean I yeah i think um high level needs a translator <laughs> ridiculous that's all we've got time for this week 
tune in next time for more. Let's get into it. it.